Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. We have a lot to get to on this edition of the podcast, as we haven't been able to get together as of late on the podcast. Uh, I'm bouncing back from a little sinus infection, back to being able to speak. And with that, we now have spring ball to recap. We have commitments on the both on both basketball and football to look back on lot to get to overall on the podcast today so thanks for listening smu wrapped up its spring ball with its spring game uh 10 days ago and now the mustangs are fully locked and loaded on recruiting via both the transfer portal and on the high school front with the evaluation period underway uh, the smu coaches are back on the road recruiting the state of texas and uh overall getting back out there to see some of their commitments, see some of their top targets, uh, and do that um, as spring ball begins to heat up for high schools around the state of Texas and the country. So we'll have you guys covered on where the coaches are, who they're seeing, and some of the top targets on the board just overall for SMU and how this 2023 class can continue to come together. So to reset things for you guys, SMU has uh, three commitments on board for the 2023 class. They have Jackson Lavender, the longtime wide receiver commitment out of Lucas Lovejoy. They have Frisco linebacker Brandon Maezano, uh, who jumped on board uh, in early February. And then Randy Reese out of Dallas South Oak Cliff jumped on board at the end of March. Now, since we last spoke, a quick turn of events with one of SMU's commitments College Station A&M Consolidated wideout um, Wesley Greaves decommitted just a week after committing to SMU. So we tried to shed some light on this on theponyexpress.com for you guys. And really what it came down to was SMU told Wesley Greaves that he was going to probably be a gray shirt uh, in the end. And after his visit, he was still on board, still ready to go. And so he committed. After doing some thinking, it was clear he wanted to open things back up, and he did just that. So, SMU, no worse for the wear, without him on board in a way, as he was going to be somebody that would have enrolled in January 2024. <laughs> That's just under two years away. So, now SMU back at three commitments in the class. Uh, they did host one of their top wide receiver prospects on the board, Warren Robertson out of uh, Red Oak. He's a two-way prospect, plays corner, plays safety. Uh, he's actually a four-star prospect on on three. He's the number 142 overall prospect in the country, number 11 safety nationally, and really doesn't have a lot going on in recruiting in a way. Um, he has some power five offers from Indiana and Oklahoma State, but SMU is a school that's been pushing uh, for him for a while now. And so they had him on campus, uh, trying to get in touch with him. If not, I'm going to go check out Red Oak this spring. Uh, we made contact on Twitter, and then it's kind of fallen off. But really talented prospect who SMU really likes at wide receiver. He's probably one of the top prospects on the board overall for SMU. And so to get him on campus on Friday uh, was a good sign. SMU had a ton of prospects on campus for its spring game as well, and we'll continue to get you guys some reactions from those guys as they – uh, continue to go through their recruitments. This class is uh, going to be an interesting one to see come together. We've seen some recent offers go out on the offensive line. They've had a lot of their top prospects on campus. 
it's beginning to be official visit season for some programs starting to bring guys in. I'm interested to see what SMU's approach is to this. Will they bring in guys in the summer? Will they wait? Will they bring some guys in in April? It'll be really interesting, but I will say this. SMU staff is doing a good job, I feel like, of going big fish hunting. I mean, some of the top prospects on their board include four-star offensive lineman Marcus Deal, uh, four-star defensive lineman Prince Will Unamilen. Uh, sorry if I butchered that. Four-star defensive lineman Trey Wilson. Uh, they continue to recruit four-star wideout Cordell Russell. Um, Parker Jenkins, a four-star running back out of Houston. Uh, Jonathan Hall out of Katy, who's got some talent, uh, some some really impressive offers uh, to his name. Daniel Demery, who's a, a Dallas Episcopal, a Dallas Parish, Parish Episcopal uh, athlete that they've got on the board. Just a few names to kind of share with you guys. And then, oh, by the way, on three just bumped Arlington Mansfield Timberview defensive back Jordan Sanford up to a four-star prospect. He's been on a tear in track and field this spring, and he was just on campus for the spring game. We caught up with him for a recap of his visit and what's next in his recruitment. He's kind of wide open in a way, but I, I see that one as an SMU, Texas Tech, and TCU battle. We'll be very interested to see uh, if Craig Nivar can reel him in as well. So, a lot of recruiting stuff to cover. We'll continue to drop tidbits and kind of reset the board for you guys as the spring turns into the summer. SMU's big camp in early June is on deck as well. And we're starting to see some prospects confirm that we'll, they'll be on campus for that. So just getting going on recruiting, hey, that's the benefit of ending your spring ball on April 9th is there's nothing in the way for these coaches to get on the road, go see prospects. Even if they're not in spring ball, they can go and check out um, the different schools, do a lot of area recruiting, and check things off uh, as far as that goes and then get out and see top prospects when it comes uh, to the spring practices that they'll be underway, um, that they'll be uh, you know getting underway here really in late April and, and most of May. So we'll have that all covered for you guys on theponyexpress.com. Now, SMU did pick up some big news as former Alabama running back Kamar Wheaton committed to the school just last week, the former four-star prospect out of uh, Garland Lakeview Centennial in the 2021 class. Uh, didn't play for Alabama last year, was injured, but entered the portal this year. And we told you guys that SMU was the favorite for him, and it was just a matter of time. Lo and behold, shortly after the spring game, about a week and a half after an official visit to SMU, he goes ahead and announces he's committed. He'll be on campus this summer to start battling it out in that running back room for SMU. So they get somebody who, when healthy, has certainly displayed the ability to be one of the best running backs from the high school ranks in the country. And now coming into the AAC, we'll see if that can transfer into Rhett Lashley's offense uh, and where he um, you know, ends up as far as the pecking order goes with guys like Trey Siggers, TJ McDaniel, Brandon Epton, Tyler Levine, all those guys in the backfield uh, for SMU. So Big addition there, uh, uh, one that was expected for a long time. Still think SMU's after an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, uh, and a safety as well. So be sure to keep it locked on theponyexpress.com for all of that info as we continue to pick up tidbits on what's the, what the staff is thinking as far as that goes. Now, over to basketball. Hasn't been necessarily quiet either for Rob Lanier and his staff. 
they picked up a former five-star prospect of their own, Samuel Williamson, out of Louisville, uh, somebody who's a Rockwall, Texas native, and really uh, you know, entered the portal, took an official visit. That was the only one we heard of, and SMU got him on board. And I think the big thing about getting Sam Williamson on board, um, and for those who followed his recruitment, SMU was in it in a way when he was coming out of high school uh, for the McDonald's All-American in a, in a loose way. He was on campus a few times. Um, but he averaged 5.6 points and 3.7 rebounds last year for Louisville and you know now has a couple years remaining. And he gets to come in and kind of be the face of this rebuild because Kendrick Davis is, prob- is gone, uh, no longer an SMU Mustang. He's going to announce his decision on Friday, and I hear that it'll be Memphis. So SMU will continue to face him in the AAC. But Williamson does have that recognizable value. And I think in talking with him, we're seeing him already recruit some high-end transfers. Um, and so be sure to kind of keep it on the Pony Express again for tidbits on those guys and who he's helping recruit. But he's going to want to surround himself with some big men. And SMU is hosting Brandon Huntley Hatfield for an official visit. Uh, as we're recording this podcast, we'll try to pick up and see how it went for SMU when it is all wrapped up. But he'll also check out Auburn, Louisville, Arizona State, and Wake Forest as well. 6'10", 245-pounder, averaged 3.9 points and three rebounds per game as a freshman last year. So he's got plenty of time remaining in his college career. And the thing that stands out to me about him is, one, that size. SMU hasn't had that uh, in that front court in a long, long time. They do have Momo Cisse, who's locked in uh, as far as a high school signee, but he hasn't you know, played college ball. He came over to the States, is still adjusting to the game in that respect. Some big news that broke as we were recording this podcast was Alexana Mekwe uh, reportedly decommitting from SMU, going to back out of his pledge, said that he's still going to consider SMU, but that is a big question mark. He had one of the best high school seasons uh, out there in the state of Texas, uh, would have filled a big need for SMU from high school, uh, from McKinney High School right down the road, and, and somebody that we, we were told was you know, locked in with SMU. So we'll see if they can recruit him back into the fold. But uh, Alexana Mekwe is somebody that uh, would have at least in a, in a, you know, month and a half or so been on campus and helped fill a major need for SMU in the front court. You know, he's somebody that uh, his stock was truly on the rise in a big way. He's kind of reminds me of more of a Marcus Weathers types type of player. Um, so he's not undersized by any means. He's all of six eight, from what I hear, um, but still somebody that isn't that true rim protector. So Huntley Hatfield probably didn't live up to you know what he wanted as far as Tennessee goes. I think with his ability to get maybe more minutes uh, at SMU, uh, that would be something that would fit him obviously a little bit more, give him more opportunities to um, compete. It just didn't necessarily go as well as you would have thought it was going to for him with Rick Barnes, which is interesting because, of course, Rick Barnes uh, was uh, Rob Lanier's boss for a few years um, for much of his coaching career, actually, as an assistant. So the fact that Rick Barnes, in a way, is probably signing off on uh, him as a transfer prospect for Rob Lanier is very interesting just considering how it went in Knoxville for him. But he's on campus for an official visit 
We'll see how that goes. That's a huge target for Sam Williamson. And then SMU did add Ricardo Wright out of Marist uh, College, which this is kind of an under-the-radar ad for sure for SMU, as uh, this kind of just came out of nowhere. We saw it on Twitter. Uh, his high school actually was the one that announced his decision. Uh, he comes from the state of Florida, the Villages. Um, I actually played some high school football games over there. But he comes from uh, Florida originally, went to Marist, um, was an all-rookie team guy in the MAC, and then uh, this year uh, for Marist uh, averaged 13.6 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, shot 40.8% from the floor. Um, somebody that you add some length to that guard position. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in, but he announced his commitment, um, I guess, via retweeting all of uh, these accounts that had announced his decision um, on Monday. And uh, so SMU added him into the fold. He's got multiple years remaining as well. So they're adding some size. Uh, they're trying to go through this transfer portal and see where they can address those needs. We saw Jamar Young announce his retirement. SMU lost a lot of size in the front court overall. We're seeing them address that um, or try to so far. We'll see kind of who they get out of there. And I don't think they're nearly done addressing the front court. Um, and we'll see more targets pop up in that respect. So um, be sure to keep it locked on theponyexpress.com for what's next. And I, I, I do want to kind of share just a conversation I had with um, somebody about SMU basketball. And, you know, the thing about hiring Rob Lanier, and I don't know if it's going to work out. I, I think this is a staff that, you know, has uh, some ability to get players as Sam Williamson entered the portal. And sure enough, SMU landed him pretty quickly. Um, he's a big name guy. He, it didn't work out at Louisville maybe as well as he would have wanted, but to have that positioning in place is important. And I think was a big step to the credibility of the staff. But the, the one thing, and this is looking kind of way down the line, Rob Lanier's identity and what he wants this team to be is going to be built on toughness and being a hard out. This is a team that once it comes together, I don't know if it's going to be the most talented. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, this team that could shoot the lights out or run up and down as well as he wants to, but he wants to add players that add toughness. Uh, and that was something that he really addressed with his meeting with Rick Hart. And it was kind of a 180, uh, not kind of, is a 180 from what Tim Jankovic and his staff want, uh, were able to do at SMU. You know, every coach wants to be tough. They want to be able to defend, rebound, do all those things. But when Houston and Memphis, when they're playing at their best, bully you on the, on the glass like they did, that obviously says just where things are overall as far as those um, three programs go when they do match up. And I feel like SMU, when you make a hire for a coach, you often, and this is across the country in colleges, you often go with a 180 of what you previously had. And so like Rhett Lashley, the young up-and-comer first-time head coach versus Sonny Dykes, Rob Lanier, the tough um, you know, recruiting background uh, that he has, that was the 180 from what Tim Jankovic was for SMU. So just an interesting note, I was talking to a, a, another coach at another school and just kind of getting his take on on SMU's hire. So we're continuing to find out more as far as who they're after, who they're getting on board, but the two so far for SMU, Sam Williamson and Ricardo Wright um, from 
the college transfer portal uh, are now Mustangs for the basketball team. So wrapping up this podcast, I want to share some few, a few thoughts on spring ball for SMU as it's now in the rearview mirror and kind of at least give you guys a sense of where I think the team is at and, and potentially, you know, just how they look overall heading into, um, you know, the, the summer and then uh, fall camp. So first and foremost, quarterback competition, you know, it depends on who you ask, quite honestly. Tanner Mordecai, Preston Stone, both battling it out, battling it out for that job. You know, an interesting note here, um, just as we continue to always monitor in a way, TCU looking for transfers from SMU. Sonny Dyke said after spring ball uh, practice today, I believe, as we're recording this podcast, that they're set at quarterback. They don't need another one uh, saying that Chandler Morris and Max Duggan could get it done. So that's an interesting development in a way. I'm a little surprised to hear that. Not sure if it's actually the case as far as behind closed doors. But in any sense, Tanner Mordecai and Preston Stone continue to battle it out at quarterback. I think you've got a quarterback in Tanner Mordecai who is going to be helped in a big way from the scheme change to Rhett Lashley. He wants to throw the ball down the field more. That's something that Tanner Mordecai can do. He needs to be more consistent, as does Preston Stone with it. But getting the ball out of his hands quickly with those targeted shots down the field could help him overall in his game. Preston Stone showed a lot in spring ball. He really did. I think you you go out there and you watch him. He looks more comfortable. The team does sense a, a little bit of a added um, edge and swagger when he's on the field. I, I, I think you, you just watching them. Tanner Mordecai is a little bit more calm, cool, and collected in a way. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. And I think in his own right, Tanner Mordecai had a terrific spring. I think he was more consistent. I think he really showed why he should remain the starter. Will he? I don't know right now. You know, I, I do think it's a it's a battle that isn't done by any means. It's got to be the hardest, honestly, decision in the country as far as quarterback competitions go just because you know you have this highly touted prospect who stuck with you came to SMU and oh by the way you recruited him Rhett Lashley and now you have the chance to start him and if you start Tanner Mordecai what does that do for the future of the room I don't think you can coach around and and make decisions that you feel are the best for the team versus what might not be as good to save somebody from transferring but it's an interesting path to uh, have to go down if you're Rhett Lashley because I do feel like Preston Stone did enough to certainly challenge for the job and show where he's improved he's got that ability to extend plays a little bit better than Tanner Mordecai does um, I, I think he's got a little bit more of an edge he I don't know how they ranked as far as accuracy goes but um, he does have that playmaking playmaking ability to him Tanner Mordecai again he's steady um, just needs to be a little bit more consistent, I feel like, overall. Uh, but he was more consistent out of the two, in my mind. The talent level that Preston Stone has showed is there and is why he's going to be squarely in the conversation to be the starting quarterback this year for SMU. I know this is a non-answer. I think Tanner Mordecai has done enough to hold down the job right now. Will that be the case come, come fall camp? We'll obviously continue to track it for you guys on theponyexpress.com. But right now, I do think Tanner Mordecai still holds a slight edge 
in that battle. Now, positions of concern, I think offensive line is one. I think they still need to find uh, a five that works best, which we'll see how they do as far as the transfer portal goes. If they do add another, how does that change the complexion of the group? But I think you you like what you've seen from players like uh, Thalen Robinson, who was stuck out there on the edge. Uh, I, I think Ben Sparks did a really nice job. Uh, they they are um, going to get Justin Osborne and Dalton Perdue back. Um, Marcus Bryant had a decent spring. Branson Hickman even impressed me. You know, he's somebody that you know with Hayden Howerton and Alana Lee gone is squarely that center spot after they tried Jalen Thomas, and it didn't really last long. So um, that's a position that's up for grabs still, I, I do think. Um, and they'll add Joe Bissinger and Owen Condon into the mix um, at the interior and um, edge spots, respectively, with those two guys. Receiver needs a deep threat. I, I think that's the big thing. I didn't see somebody that really emerged as a true burner for the outside, um, especially with Jordan Curley out for much of the spring. And then... Uh, in the secondary, I mean, safety is a question mark. I do like what they did with Brian Massey and um, Brandon Crosley playing in that slot spot. But they'll need somebody else over the top uh, that's going to be able to be in coverage and, and make plays. And, and I don't know if they got that uh, this spring uh, as well. Uh, they moved some guys around. Uh, they also were dealt with some injuries there. I'm interested to see if there's any attrition from that spot with some players as well, just because... Uh, we didn't see some of those guys emerge, but I think corner uh, is is probably one of the most improved positions on the team. Just technically, I was very impressed with what I saw from those guys. Just challenging passes and and being able to make plays here and there, um, you know, that was something that was uh, good to see. Uh, and Ricky Hunley really spoke highly of how those guys adjusted to his coaching as well. Um, I like the running back group a lot. I, I think even though Ulysses Bentley transferred out. They'll obviously add Kamar Wheaton this summer. They've got some veterans in there, but I just think they ran hard. Uh, not really a ton of flash anymore in that group, uh, but there's talent, there's production, uh, and I think consistently they were probably the better one of the better groups out there for spring ball. And finally, defensive line. You know, keeping, and even since we last talked, Jaden Jones took his name out of the transfer portal um, while he was a backup. That's still another depth play there. But Jalen Samuels, Devere Levelston, and Elijah Chapman are are probably right up there as far as best defensive lines in the conference go um, heading into this year. Uh, they've got sank, uh, they've got strength with guys like uh, Elijah Chapman. They've got length with Devere and Jalen, uh, and then they've got guys like Turner Cox who will come back. And Nelson Paul had a really good spring. Uh, they have Gary Gary Wiley, a veteran. Terrence Newman's back. I, I mean, they have uh, Junior Ajo, who had three and a half sacks in the spring game. Overall, I mean, that group looks ready to go. And then the linebacker group, Jimmy Phillips, I was impressed with a lot. Um, you know, they've got a tall task to replace Delano Robinson and Shane Haley and Richard Moore and those guys. Um, but I think that's a good group as well with Kiki Burns, uh, Jaquandis Burns, uh, Shannon Reed. They really added some physicality, I thought, at linebacker in the spring. So, I think this is still a team that, you know, it's kind of what we talk about every offseason. It seems like they can go out and they have the potential to certainly win the conference and do all of that. And then they could also be a, you know, an eight win type of team. And this is a tough non-conference slate. I'm not going to get into a way too early schedule prediction, but I would say you got to feel good about this team being a nine 
9-10 win team. You know, Cincinnati's replacing a lot. Uh, Memphis is, is going to be, you know, a tough team. Houston's going to be a tough team. UCF is. Um, but I think the goal for this team should be 9-10 to 10 wins. Uh, and it's just a matter of can this staff in their first year together take this team early on in the season and figure it out to find ways to win on the road in non-conference play uh, against Maryland and then at home against uh, TCU, of course, uh, on September 24th. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. I still think there's transfer, there are transfer additions to come. We will pass along those names to you guys as we get them on theponyexpress.com. Feel free to check us out, seven-day trial. Appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the podcast. We'll check back later in the week with another edition of the podcast and uh, get you guys back on track with these podcasts. And hope you guys enjoyed listening to this edition. We are back, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.